We are coming in hot. The podcast. Welcome to Coming In Hot. Thank you, live from Airplane Beats, for the intro music. Now, today, I have a very special guest. Her name is Najina. Now, <laughs> back in 2015, my boy Jason Hockman, shout out to Jason Hockman out at uh, Land Ocean in Roseville. He said, hey, Cease, I got this new restaurant. They, they're serving Southern cuisine out there. They're doing it right. And I was like, man, they ain't cooking, they ain't cooking nothing like, like, like that. And I went there. There's a line out the door. There's a lady in there screaming at people, telling them to get up. They haven't ordered food yet. You got to order food before you get at the table, making them get back in line. And I was like, man, this is going to be a crazy, crazy, crazy time at this restaurant. So we sit down. We got it. We got an eight piece chicken. Sit, start eating it. I look at Jason Hockman. I was like, hey, you did it right this time, Jason. <laughs> this chicken is delicious. I was supposed to open a Southern restaurant around that time. I said, no, we're not doing it yet. I got to go back to the lab and I got to figure out. <laughs> what my recipe is missing because this is the best fried chicken in Sacramento right now. If you don't know who I'm talking about, we got the mayor of Southside. We got the queen of fried chicken coming in hot. Najina Guyton, welcome. Thank How's you. it going, girl? Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be sitting here with you and on this podcast. It's way overdue. You and I having a jam session. So, oh, for sure, for sure. For and sure. you know, like when I when I started thinking about doing a podcast, I was I, you were always number one on my list. You could ask anybody. I was like, I'm getting the crazy lady from South on there to talk some shit. You know, because that's uh, what we need to do right now. We need real. to talk some shit. Yes. So, some shit. <laughs> so we're going to take, right. take it back to the beginning. So we're talking about, you know, being born in New Orleans. You know, how, how was that? And when did you come to SAC? I was born in New Orleans and my parents moved around a lot. Um, the first like five years of my life. So born in New Orleans and then lived there maybe less than a year. And then we popped over to Biloxi where mm -hmm. the, the majority of my family is from. Um, so yeah, lived in, uh, lived in Biloxi. My sister was born wait, there. Wait, we got back up. What's, where's Biloxi? You know, a lot of Biloxi, people, Mississippi, Mississippi, Biloxi, there Mississippi. we go. Like on the beach, casinos, mm -hmm. don't seafood. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Uh, and then went to Tyler Town, where my mother and her family are from. And that's okay. in the country. So the country part of me comes from living in Tyler Town, Grandpa's farm. Um, and then we bounced around between like Kansas City, Las Vegas, and then um, finally settled in Sacramento. Okay. Um, what part is that? So, yeah. Uh, we Citrus Heights, Fair Oaks, yo. Like. <laughs> <laughs> fucking sunrise mall yeah. like, yeah. like that shit was the jump bird cage like bird cage one dollars one dollar movies 
One dollar movies. movies. Yeah. Bowling alley. You, see, mm-hmm. you got your mama's purse. And you're mm-hmm. sitting in with like your own damn soda and your own chips and shit. And like trying to slowly open the cans. Yeah. So like nobody hears it like. <laughs> yeah. We had the Kool-Aid. We had the Kool-Aid oh, and yeah. the cups. Yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Right. Little, little mini sunny D's and shit. Mm-hmm. Maybe a clearly Canadian if we had money that week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, so uh, <laughs> I love it. So, how did you get into the restaurant business? Um, I know you started with, uh, you know, catering and, you know, heading that up for the Perry Gary's group. Um, how did you get with them? How did you go from, you know, the catering side to, you know, opening your own catering rest, uh, restaurant to opening South. Like how do we get there and how did you choose downtown Sacramento? Because back in 2014, 13, you weren't looking to downtown for Southern cuisine. There mm-hmm. might've been some Southern restaurants down there, but it was it wasn't nothing like, you know, you brought to the table. So yeah. take us from the catering to how you opened up South? So I got my beginnings in the restaurant industry back when I was 17. Um, my dad had a rule that if you go to school, he'll pay for college tuition. He'll pay for like your meal plan, but you got to pay for your books and your lifestyle. And mm. so um, I got a job, like first job was a busser at Fuddruckers. Like what up to Fuddruckers off of Sunrise Boulevard. You guys broke my spirit, but damn it. It was a good first job to have. There's some good burgers um, out there. Some damn good burgers mm-hmm. out there. Um, and then I started working when I, I went to UC Davis and um, that my first year there, I got a job working for the Perigaries actually opened, was part of the opening crew for Cafe Bernardo out there mm-hmm. and just kind of fell in love with everything that they were doing. Like I was, it opened my eyes to, you know, when growing up in Citrus Heights, Fair Oaks, it was, it was all chains. Everything was a chain feeder. There was very few mom and pop restaurants. Um, and if they were, again, they were more like fast food kind of shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing that was a little, was more elevated and working at the Paragary's, it kind of opened up my mind to, Oh, there's a different dining experience that could be had, mm-hmm. but I really fell in love with it. Um, and I fell in love like with the interactions that I was having with people and being able to talk. And, um, uh, I naturally am a very introverted person. Um, and being in high school and early college, I was a geek. Like I was president of the science club. Um, I was a total like Trekkie. Uh, my major at UC Davis was aeronautical space sciences, meteorology. So I wasn't getting no game. Nobody was trying to talk to me. (laughs) So when I would go to work at Cafe Bernardo though, like everybody wanted to talk to you and interact with you. And I just really fell in love with that part of the restaurant industry where you really can meet so many, like hundreds of people within one day and be able to have all of these different conversations and, and learn about, uh, you know, humanity, um, Mm -hmm. in such a small space. Um, and that kind of just, that started the, the want to not maybe go move to Florida and work for NASA and be a, you know, science nerd and maybe being in the food industry and, you know, catapult that 10 years later, um, I met my, you know, ex-husband and we had talked about like, oh, we should like open our own place because he had a food background too. And we started a restaurant out in Granite Bay called Eight American Bistro. And um, though it was a beautiful restaurant and the food was amazing, we mm-hmm. failed horribly and lost every dime that we put into it within a year and had to close. And it was one of those things that 
um, especially working in Granite Bay, I realized I never wanted to have a restaurant in Granite Bay ever again. Mm. Um, it's a different demographic that mm-hmm. I just don't vibe with. And I'm not trying to, you know, talk shit on Granite Bay, but just some things are just not for you. And yeah. Granite Bay wasn't for us. Mm-hmm. And um, we had already bought a place downtown, a house that we were going to move into. Um, and we were like, you know what? We bought this building and it had commercial downstairs and a residential upstairs. And we were like, you know what? We have two young kids. It'll be great. Maybe we could just open up a new concept downstairs and then we can live upstairs and it'll kind of make life easier. And the trials and tribulations of working with the city of Sacramento um, and the city planning department um, and anybody that's dealt with them understands how like working with them totally can turn you into an alcoholic within months. Um, They're totally ridiculous. Uh, It just didn't work out. And we had to scrap that plan of having our restaurant downstairs. Mm -hmm. And one day I was taking the kids to school and driving down T street and the location that we're in, at now was for rent and it used to be an old Chinese grocery store and like quick service, um, kind of buffet Chinese food. And I called the number and Mr. Fong, who's my landlord, uh, gave me a, a tour and I had been checking them out like before they had closed on Yelp and was seeing that they were serving hot food. So I knew they probably had a kitchen and I just beelined it for the back and um, saw that they had like a full kitchen and it was old and it was disgustingly dirty and run down. And, you know, my ex and I were like, okay, do we do this? We've got, at that point we had lost our house and, you know, in Citrus Heights where we were living and we completely, all our money was gone. And we came down to like the last like couple thousand bucks that we had. And, um, we just said, okay, let's just cater for a year and let's sign the lease on this place. And he gave us a lot of free time for like no rent until we renovated it. And we just, we just hustled and we hustled really hard, um, to get the business up. And we decided to change kind of what we were doing from Granite Bay, which was like fine dining. Cause I was just coming off of like working at you know, the Ella dining room and bar tip. And I was like, oh, fine dining is where it's at in Sacramento. And if you want to grow and be somebody in Sacramento, fine dining is the way that it has to be. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that wasn't me being authentic to myself. And we failed because of that. Mm -hmm. And with South, it was just, you know, we had to be completely authentic to my culture and my nature. And we didn't have any money too. So it was Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't, be concerned with making the restaurant like this beautiful spot with like art on the walls and nice chairs and shit like that. The, we literally had to come to Jesus talk and we're like, the food has to be fire Mm -hmm. has to be authentic. Mm -hmm. And the service like customer service, we have to get out there and touch every single tool and make people feel like they're having dinner at our house. So they Mm -hmm. have to feel loved. They have to feel welcomed. They have to know that we appreciate and support them. And maybe that will work because everybody else was doing these big, beautiful mega restaurants and they were killing it. And then they were killing it because they were cute. Yeah. And so we had to go the opposite direction for just lack of funds. And that was a, a, that first year was just slanging and banging and it worked. And, um, and that's, I mean, now it's history. We're seven, we're in our seventh year right now. Um, and going strong, even with COVID and, I, I bless our mess that, you know, all of the hardships and things that we had to go through, but 
uh, we've had, we've always had a kick-ass supportive staff that has been about the brand and, and real talk, the staff, for the most part is created the brand, like their authenticity, their energy that they bring to the game, their love for, um, what we're doing only helps to authenticate the food that we put out, having that, that energy of having love in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just, I love what we do and I love seeing like what Sacramento has grown into, you know, coming downtown when we were in Southside park, I'm going to be real. Like we would, we would be painting the outside of the building, like before we opened and we were watching like hookers get popped down the street. And we'd be laughing like, Oh, you go to jail. Girl. <laughs> okay. Like it was, it was, it was, it was a little hood, yeah. but yeah. we just believed in the neighborhood because the neighborhood wanted to be better. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, I say this like, Till, till I die, Southside Park is that neighborhood where there is so much neighborhood vibe. Like everybody is so invested in the neighborhood and they want it to be beautiful and they want it to be family oriented and they don't want it to be gentrified. Mm-hmm. Like Southside Park fights hella hard not to get gentrified. And so it has its pockets still where you've got like the, you know, the Mexicans. I live in the kind of the border of the Hispanic neighborhood mm-hmm. that borders on the Muslim neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then where South is, that's Cantonese and Mandarin. And then yeah. you go a block over and that's, you know, the Portuguese are kicking mm-hmm. it over there and then mm-hmm. sprinkled in all that. We got some white brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. but in no way, shape or form. And oh, and then you have Japantown. Yeah. So, you know, it's everybody is uh, hell bent on keeping the diversity and not letting it get gentrified. And everybody appreciates the beauty and the diversity of the neighborhood. So I think for us, that's why we've been successful is also we appreciate and understand the diversity in our neighborhood. And Mm -hmm. we say, okay, we get it. We have to always have like a fish dish on the menu for our Cantonese cats Mm -hmm. and, you know, make it spicy for our, you know, Hispanic cats and always make sure that we have non-pork items on the menu for the Muslim cats. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of being very mindful of the the people that live in our neighborhood, but also experimenting so that we're pulling people in from outside neighborhoods and beyond, you know? And I hope everybody out there listening is writing this down because this is how you run a successful business. What Najina Guyton is saying should be Bible to most people that want to get into business. It doesn't matter if it's the restaurant. It doesn't matter if you just opening up, you know, a little lemonade stand. What she's talking about is community. It's about staff being your family. That's how you survive in this business. Let me back up a little bit. I got a look, I got another funny story for you. So in 2013, <laughs> I looked at the building that South is in. What Mr. Fong, serious? what Mr. Fong told me is that this is only for Chinese restaurants. So Najina came over there with them green eyes, blinking them and saying, Hey, you know, this is my new restaurant. So yes, true story. Uh- <laughs> Here's my boo. I'm not going to lie. I love me some Mr. Fong. In another lifetime, we could have been something real special. Yeah. We, could have. we really could have, Mr. Fong. Fucking power company. Yes, yes. Been. So, <laughs> so um, tell me a little about uh, a little bit about the uh, Verity project that you're working on. I know it kind of took a pause, but um, how how is that coming along? And hey, if you need any help, let's uh, sidebar this at a later date. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So the Verity Project, um, I started last year. Uh, and the Verity Project basically was 
I want to say, was it 20? It felt like it was like 2018, 2019. We're in the Sacramento area. It felt like every month we were losing a comrade, whether that was to suicide or an overdose um, for uh, drugs, alcohol. It just felt like every month we were losing somebody. And it, it was around the time that Anthony Bourdain died. And then like shortly after that, Noah Zonka, mm-hmm. um, who was for the longest time, he was the, one of the creatives behind the kitchen, mm-hmm. he died. And then it just felt like a domino effect after that point. And it came to a point where for me, I just couldn't, I, my heartbreak couldn't handle one more person dying. And it, it really brought to the forefront that there was an issue in the restaurant community that we all knew about, but nobody was publicly talking about. And that issue being, um, we're worked to death and we're in an industry of service. So we have to be actors and put on a smile and we don't make a lot of money compared to other industries. And we don't have necessarily through our jobs guaranteed healthcare. Mm -hmm. And that creates a lot of stresses on how to cope with not only the job, but you add trauma from before the job onto that and you're not sleeping a lot. And, you know, you go to work and your boss is, you know, giving you, you know, a bump of coke just to make it through your shift Mm -hmm. and shit like that. And it just makes the problem worse. And we're not healing what the real problem is. And it, it is an emotional trauma that is creating a substance abuse issue that you're dealing with. And then it gets to a point where the emotion is too much for you to handle and you either OD or you commit suicide because you don't feel that there's a way out and that anybody's even listening or has the same damn problem that you do because mm-hmm. you really feel isolated. Um, we're taught in the industry just to, to shut up and keep going. You know, we're, we're told don't be, don't be a pussy. Don't cry. Mm-hmm. Don't do any of that. And just, you know, be, um, kind of stoic about uh, the things that go on in our life. And I just couldn't take that anymore. And I felt that we were getting to a point where if it didn't get addressed, that we need to start helping people and helping him and in a financial way, meaning that how can we get people the therapy that they need if their job does not provide that? And that's no That's no bust on any restaurant because I get it. I pay for um, healthcare, dental and vision and health um, in our restaurant. Mm -hmm. And it is a big ticket check that has to get paid every week. Mm -hmm. And when you're barely getting by as a restaurant, that, that bill that comes for some odd employees every month, it's, it's like, damn, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I get a, why a lot of businesses can't afford to offer healthcare services. And so we, I just kind of sat down and I, a friend of mine who owns um, a therapy practice here in downtown, midtown Sacramento, I said to her, what would it cost for somebody to go in and get like 10 sessions of therapy? And she threw a number at me and I said, okay, would you be willing to partner with me and put something together and 
we offer subsidized healthcare for people that are in the food and beverage industry. And it's completely, the Verity Project is completely anonymous. You can go to our website, you can fill out the intake information. And because of COVID right now, we kind of had to pivot the way that we were originally um, going to offer those services. So now it's all telehealth. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you can call in or video call in. And it's one-on-one, it's not a group setting, and you can get 10 sessions of completely paid for therapy um, through the Verity Project. And so we use the funds from South um, to pay for individuals in the industry to go and get the therapy that they need. And then from there, after 10 weeks, um, you know, Brenda Vaccaro, wonderful friend, wonderful therapist, um, uh, she and her team kind of evaluate, do you need a little bit more? Have we unpacked everything that we need to unpack? And if not, let's keep the dice rolling on that. And Verity continues to pay for that as well. Beautiful. So it's, it's, our goal is to, to heal the trauma so that you don't have to abuse alcohol or drugs or pills or any other type of toxic behavior to deal with just trying to wake up in the morning. And, you know, our goal isn't, we understand, one of the things is that we understand this industry that we're in, that it is completely unrealistic to ask somebody to honestly, to be completely sober. That might not be an option for you, but one of our goals with Verity is that can we get you to a point where if you can't be completely sober, can you be recreational? So can we show you how to, can we give you another bag of tools so that you can get from 100 back down to zero without having to take a bottle of whiskey and three shots of Fernet? Mm -hmm. Can you get there through breathing techniques? Can you get there through um, unpacking the the trauma and healing from it. And then, so the trigger isn't as strong as it used to be. Um, and growing kind of that mental muscle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're being realistic about what it is. We're not trying to come in and, and be uh, Dr. Phil with in 10 weeks, you're going to be completely healed and you're not going to touch alcohol ever again. Healing is not linear like that. Mm-hmm. So we understand that this is a process, but we're definitely trying to, give the opportunity to people in this industry um, the tools that they'll need to kind of start that healing process, soften the triggers um, that they have, uh, be able to unpack their emotions, not live there, unpack it, deal with it, process it, transmute it and and move on from it and grow. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't know, but I've been in therapy for four years. Um, you know, started with, uh, alcohol, drugs, and, you know, this industry, it, that's what it does to you. Um, yeah. you know, just like you're saying, like, you know, you tell your, <clears throat> you tell your, you know, your, your chef, like, Hey, man, I, I'm, I'm struggling. Oh, this, here you go. Just take this and go outside, mm-hmm. smoke a cigarette, come right back. And, you know, the only times we could take a break was that smoke break. So. Yeah. You know, it was it was really difficult, you know, at times to really get out of that. And, you know, four years ago, and this is another thing that, you know, we connect on is 
I use that center. Like my therapist is at that center. Um, I, I, I didn't know about Verity, but you know, uh, it just kind of came up in one of my therapy sessions. Like, Hey, my, my first guest is going to be Najina. Oh, yeah, we know him, blah, blah, blah. I was like, how the hell you know him? Like, yeah, we do this with her. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> me and this, me and this woman made me talk like five times, but we're, we're so connected. <laughs> it's just so crazy. But, um, yeah, that's, that's a great thing. And, and again, I would really like to, you know, sidebar this and kind of see how I could get involved. And if you do need help, I'm, I'm here for you. Um, let's, 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 let's take it a little bit lighter. You know, we, we're going to come down here. Um, really appreciate Najina guiding from South being here. You ready to play some games? I'm ready to play some games. <laughs> All right. So this one is top five. Dead or alive. <laughs> top five. Wait, we're going to start with top five restaurants in Sacramento. How about that? Okay. 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 I got this list. You got it. So are you going to go, are you going to go first? Oh, we could go. Okay. Let's start with. You want me to go first? Let's go back and forth. Okay. So okay. Um, let's go from five all the way to one. I'll go. Okay. I'll let you go first since you're the lady. Um, number five, Mongolian barbecue, off a of greenback. It's in a strip mall. It's like across the. It's like down the block from Sunrise Mall. Mm-hmm. We have literally. That is the Guyton family jump. We have been going <laughs> there for over, and I'm not shitting you. We've been going there for 35 years. Whoa. My the, We've been going there before my baby sister was born, and my baby sister is 35. Is she 35? Yeah, 35 years old. So I remember, yeah, like we were going there. With, like if you got an A on your report card, where are we going? Mongolian barbecue. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a holiday? Mongolian barbecue. Mm-hmm. That place is fire. Like my mom tried to steal biscuits out of there and shit once. And like, cause they make these like sesame biscuits that are just so sick. Mm-hmm. And it's literally, it's in a, it's in a damn strip mall. It's mm-hmm. like, I think it's next to like a big five or some shit like that. Like you would never know it was there. It's totally inconspicuous. The food is solid and has been solid for 35 plus years. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number five is going to be new station. On Broadway. Oh, new yeah. New station on Broadway. Yes. Yeah. Just, just a solid, just a solid Chinese meal. Okay. Like everything mm-hmm. there is just, is delicious. Um, you know, like you could taste like the wok, you know, yes. you could taste that smokiness from that wok and yes. every dish that they have. Um, all right. Number four. I got to tell you real quick, I almost, I got in a fight, almost, almost got in a fight at New Station <laughs> All right. two months ago. Okay. When I broke, I broke, so I broke my ankle skateboarding in Southside Park. In whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. So you in Southside Park, the owner of South, Najina, doing kick flips. What, what, what's going on here? There might be video. <laughs> I might have had a Heineken in a red cup. <laughs> That's not confirmed. It's not. We ain't confirming it here either. We ain't confirming the allegations. (laughs) But I was skateboarding and I was going way too fast and I was trying to be all hella cute and take take a curve and cut. There might have been some hot boys in the park that I was showing off to on the basketball court. And I 
fucking fell off that skateboard and cracked that ankle. That shit oh. was the shape of a letter L. It oh. was a letter L. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. It was bad. Ooh. But shortly after that, I went to New Station because their salt and pepper wings are out of pocket. Fire. And a dude came in yelling at the people there because his order was messed up. And I kind of got in a space. I was like, you don't need to talk to him like that. People will, in this industry, we will fix it if you're nice, but you don't need to yell. And it ensued into a a raging argument in which he was like, you know, I'm going to go to my car and I'm going to go get my sister. She's going to kick your ass. Mm. And I was like, get her. I'll get her with my crutch. There you go. Go get your sister. Go get her. Yeah. And ever since then, when I go to New Station, they hook it up. Mm. So New Station... I'll give you that one. That's what's up. They my people. Yes. They really are. They good people <laughs> out there on Broadway. Yes. They are good people. <laughs> so to go back, uh, my number four is uh, Shahrazad. It's a Persian joint off of Sunrise Avenue. Um, it is so good. And again, it's like in the cuts, kind of in the industrial area off of Sunrise. So it wouldn't be North Sunrise, like South Sunrise or something like mm-hmm. that. Kind of going, but it is, it's delicious. Okay. Authentic, family owned. They've been there like 13 years, I think, 10 or 13 years. Mm-hmm. They're dope as hell too. Yeah. All right. I want to go a little bit bougie here. Okay. I want to go a little bit bougie, but it's still from your neck of the woods. <laughs> I, I I don't eat a lot of steak, but when I do want a really good steak, I fucks with Ruth Chris. Dude, I mean, who don't though? I'm just saying. It's so good. Yeah. The butter. So good. They the they butter. season it well. The sides are okay. It's always a solid fine. meal. Yeah, always. Yeah. I've never had a bad meal at Ruth Chris. Not one. Mm-hmm. Not one. Yep. I love me some Ruth Chris. Yes. I'll give you that. <laughs> My number three. Okay. And it, this is um, Aldoberto's. Mm, how late are you there? You there after two o'clock, ain't you? Uh, between, yeah, between one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, when I used to manage the Sheridan downtown, but we lived in Citrus Heights and I was pregnant with my son. Mm-hmm. Every night on the way home, I'd close that hotel down and I'd drive home and I'd hit up Aldoberto's. I swear to God, you crack my son open, Aldoberto's will fall out of that motherfucker. <laughs> I, I ate so much Aldoberto's. And if Aldoberto's, if the line was too long at Aldoberto's, I'd go across the street to Taco Bell, mm-hmm. so get get two Crunchwrap Supremes, and it was a wrap tonight. Shit's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Oh man! All right, let's see here. What? Oh my goodness! I'm so torn right now. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm just telling you right now. I don't want Najina to pick Nazarene proper and I'm not going to pick South because we already know they're we both know. very good. We're not yes. going up against each other here, Mm-mm. but I do. I'm just, I'm picking this because it's my show and is one dish. No, this is what I get when my, or my, my, my kids want this place is McDonald's French fries with a Diet Coke. That's my number three. Sometimes it just hits right. Them fries are so good. So good. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. That's all. That's that's what I fucks with. 
That's yeah. what I fucks with. It's just uh, refresh. It's like a perfect snack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yep. Every time. Exactly. I'm not mad at that. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> this one you said because you did say deceased too. So this one's closed. Okay. So this one, this one breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. This was, and if you grew up in Carmichael's, Citrus Heights, Fair Oaks, this was the jump. It was a drive-through Chinese food spot. I know what it is. Oh, next to the Cedar Room. Can we say I'll it chop, together? I'll chop, yes. chop. I'll say it together. I'll chop, chop. I'll chop, chop. Yes. Oh, that, brandy that brandy fried chicken. chicken. So you from Citrus Heights. I'm from the north side. We used to go to Luau Garden. Owned by owned by the same family yes. that owns pretty much all of downtown. Everything, you know, everything downtown. Yeah, yeah, that that whole 15, 16th Street is theirs. But brandy fried chicken, ah chop chop, ah chop chop. Woo! Shit! Fire! God that damn! Yeah. Mm. And Man. good luck out there to Christian the chef. He just moved to uh, Texas. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But shout out. That's my boy. Yes. Yeah. Mm hmm. That is my boy right there. Where are we at? Number two? We're at, yeah, number two. You're number two. And then I'm at my number one. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I'm going to have to dig deep on this one. Mm hmm. But I just had it for lunch. How about (laughs) my next door neighbors on K Street? How about I'm giving you a shout out. Their dumplings are fire. I just had the pork dumplings and I just had the beef dumplings this afternoon. All the dipping sauces are fire. How about shout out. I've never been there. Got to go. You come down national proper. I'll just walk you over there. It's like two steps away. No, I'm about that life. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I love dumplings. Love them. Love them. Wish I knew how to make them, but I don't. I don't want to. I don't, right? <laughs> Let somebody else make that shit for you. There are certain things in life where you don't ever need to learn how to make it. Mm-mm. It's just better that somebody else does it for you. I remember when we were kids, my mom drove us around. This is uh, when I got that job at Fuddruckers, and she was trying to make me and my sister go get jobs. Mm-hmm. She tried to get my sister to go get a job at uh, Schlotsky's Deli. Deli Schultz is what we called it mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. And my sister Keisha, she was like, I don't even like making sandwiches for myself. Why would I want to make it for somebody else? <laughs> and my mom was like, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And like sandwiches and dumplings, and there are just certain things that they just taste better when somebody else makes them. Yes. Yes. That's one of those things. Yeah. All right. Now, number one. Number one. I can't wait for this one. I'm letting all you single men in Sacramento know. Okay. Here we are. You want to win? If we you going there? Win, we going there? Yeah, we're, we're going, going there. there. You want to win my heart? You want me to cook you grits and eggs in, in the, the morning. morning? Yeah. You want me to clean your house, mm-hmm. your laundry, and shit? Mm-hmm. This is the meal that you get for me. Okay. LJS Long John Silver's Like 19. Hell of tartar sauce. Package. Hell of tartar sauce. I want 
and ask them for extra crumbly bumblies. Yeah. Bottom of the box. Exactly. Ask them for extra of them things. Mm-hmm. Show up to my house with a three-piece fish, three-piece chicken, extra crumbly bumblies, Ooh. extra tartar sauce, a bottle of white wine, and you're like, you know what, girl? Ooh. I feel like watching Pacific Rim with you tonight <laughs> on Netflix. And then after Hell that, yeah. I'm going to watch John Carter for Mars. Hell yeah. Crap. Oh, my God. I'll have a baby for you. LJS for you. in LJS. the building. If you don't know, that's Long John Silvers. Good Lord. Good oh Lord. God. She killed it with like that one. Because I'm, I'm ashamed because my commissary <laughs> is in the same parking lot as a LJS. <laughs> And over this past year, it's been a lot of weight put on by my whole staff, including <laughs> me, going to LJS. And you got it, man. You got to, like, ask. You got to beg for that tartar sauce over there. You got to yeah. beg. <laughs> because you only get, like, one, two dips, you know? It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> man, that'll be extra for the tartar sauce. My bitch, add a dollar on there. I don't care. <laughs> LJS. Yes. Every day, all day. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's my shit. <laughs> That's my shit. <laughs> it's my sorry, my computer's ringing. <sighs> all right, so <laughs> I my mine isn't number my number one isn't that. Oh man, LJS. Goddamn. So on Stockton Boulevard, there's this little. Fu place and me and my wife every time it's cold outside, it's a Sunday, we always go here. It's called Va Fa Se Lua. Right there on Stockton Boulevard, a couple blocks up from Church's Chicken. Um just just a solid meal again. Um, you know, I know I, I eat a lot of Asian food, people. If you don't know this, I got uh three of my top five is all Asian cuisine, but Fa Zua Lua is my number one. Look them up. I'll look them up. Yeah, very, very good. I'll I'll send you the link. Um Please do. If I wasn't eating gumbo tonight, I'd eat that. No, it's delicious. So good. Yeah. Their their broth is just outstanding. And I've tried a lot of fun in my life, but their broth just takes the cake. And I, I get it with the oxtails and, you know, all the, the oh, peppers and the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's very good. Um, So one, one more game. You good for one more game? I'm good for one more game. Okay. So five celebrities you're inviting to your house tonight for that pot of gumbo. Okay. This is all you. I'm, we're not going to go back and forth on this one. Just you. Okay. Five celebrities. Um, Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Tiffany Haddish. Okay. Um, and you guys go crazy. I, you know what? My, I love to laugh. Mm-hmm. I wake up every morning. And so real talk, these five celebrities are probably all going to be comedians. Mm-hmm. Um, I love laughing and I try to do it every single day, like every single day. Like that is the way to my heart. Mm-hmm. You add some LJS and you make me laugh. <laughs> it's a wrap. So Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. Um, though he could be problematic at times. Dave Chappelle. Okay. I, I feel like he would come with some really smart conversation, 
but then we could be funny and light at the same time. And uh, mushrooms. It'll come and- with mushrooms too. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I don't do that, mom. Um, (laughs) um, Oh, this is hard. Okay, three more. Um, Shit. Probably Barack Obama. Okay. Yep. The king. I, I want to meet him. Yeah. The king. Mm-hmm. Goat number one. Bumba clock. Yeah. Boy. There you go. Lion. There you go. Uh, um, I'm going to throw in Rick Ross. Ooh. Ooh, balls. Just balls. Mm-hmm. Like, just do a little rap for me. Mm-hmm. Cookie. Cookie some food. Yeah. Last one. Um. Damn, I feel like the last one's got to be a good one. I wasn't prepared. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be easy. It never is. Uh, damn. Oh, my gosh. I cannot even think of the last person. I'm gonna invite somebody for you and, and invite somebody for me. Yeah, and their uh spouse is already coming to the table. We're gonna get Michelle Obama up in there. Yeah. The queen. Because yeah. I'm not trying to get her mad because her man came and she got left at home. And you got Rick Ross and you got Chappelle yeah, and you got Tiffany exactly. Adams. Yeah, he yeah. he'll be in a lot of trouble. And we get in fights and like Michelle ain't like that. Nah. <laughs> She'll calm it down real quick. Yeah. Let's just, come on. Let's just go to Revolution and get a glass of wine and talk about this over a cheese plate. <laughs> ain't like that, girl. I don't want you, man. <laughs> All right. So this is the part of the podcast where we come in hot. <laughs> Najina. Sir. What do you want to come in hot on? Oof. Like a topic of conversation. Just throw it out there. It's just going to be quick. We're not going to, you know, go elaborate on it. Just whatever's on your mind. What's up there? Other than LJS. Okay, I'm going to say it. Okay. How do you feel about the fact that people... And it's happened multiple times in the feeds because I've seen it on your page and mine. Mm-hmm. They try to pit us against each other. Mm-hmm. Like there ain't enough pie out here for both of us to succeed and flourish and be wonderful and have a great product. I notice it a lot. Even in articles talking about like the hot chicken sandwiches, they try to pit us against each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why people are trying to create beef between you and I when there ain't no beef. There's been love from day one. No, like every time we ran into each other, it's like a family reunion. Right. I have I have no malice against anybody out there making their money. Like I will help you make as much money as you can, just like you would with me. And I have nothing but love for a black queen out here doing her thing. And that's all I got to say about it. So, Najina. Sir. Who's my next guest? Who you going to get on here for me? Who should I have next? 
Who should have next? Yes. Oh, damn. You want another shit talker? Thanks. That's what I'm here for. That's what mm-hmm. I do. Then you need to talk to Toki from Benchoyaki. Oh, I, I know her husband. I don't know her. So cool. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Get Toki and Craig on. I'm like, girl, you can't be fighting these people in these streets, girl. You're pregnant right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Najina, for coming to coming in hot. My number one first guest on the podcast. We didn't fucking kill this shit. We did. <laughs> hey, ma. Hey, don't hesitate to give me a call text let's 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 talk about shit you know like let's just let's just see what's out there and you know we we gonna we gonna be doing something i don't know what the hell it is but oh absolutely you know there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of help that needs to be done and you know like and i just feel that if me and you get together and try to help you know some businesses or whatever you know absolutely um, Absolutely. don't, don't head. Like I said, don't hesitate to give me a call. I won't hesitate to give you a call, but I thank you so much thank you. for being my first guest. I, you didn't even make me feel nervous because <laughs> them white people was nervous when you came to that table, when they was, when they, when you was telling them to get the hell up and get back in line. <laughs> Christ, man. <laughs> Fuck. It's a simple concept. It's a simple. When you was in elementary school, order your so, food and then go get your table. Yeah. Why not? And then get your table. Mm-hmm. It's real easy, but privileged people they sure do have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who you are. You know who you are. I won't say them. I won't say them out loud because I don't need to. Nah, we all know. Yeah. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really appreciate it. Love you, love you, love National Proper, love y'all. Y'all are killing it right now. Thank you so much. And all all good vibes to South and just keep what you're doing. You already been number one. I don't need to go all into all the other stuff. All right, I gotta get out of here. Chef C's coming in hot podcast. We'll be back in a week. Love you guys. Holla. <laughs>